Welcome to the Hunters Hub. This is your uh, host, Fort One, joined by co-host, Mork Daddy. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing so much better now that I've got that chest cold out of my system. Oh, yeah. Tell me, I don't, I don't even know what I had, but I know that I couldn't move. So I watched not only all of The Witcher, but all of The Good Cop and all of The Mandalorian this past week. <laughs> oh, wow. So I watched a lot of shows because I was sick as hell and couldn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't get out of bed either, so I was just kind of stuck in my room just watching uh, uh, competitive StarCraft II. Awesome. But, you know, yeah, it's been pretty good. I mean, otherwise, you know, it's been it's been all right. Well, uh, so Happy New Year, everybody, and I hope everyone had a happy holidays. We only missed one week uh, because we talked about Star Wars a couple weeks ago. Um, I know you were too sick to join Morg at the time, but uh, we had a nice mm-hmm. discussion with Leo and uh, my brother, Darth Tater, coincidentally. Yeah. <laughs> Coincidentally, that's his screen name is Darth Tater. We talked about um, Star Wars Episode Nine. Had good fun. Um, had a power outage in the middle of recording, so that was fun too. Um, fixing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about um, organize uh, top three games of 2019 and a little about what we're excited for in this year of 2020, the year of uh, Perfect Vision. Or, oh boy. or double crits, as most D&D people have been saying. But, I don't know, 220s, eh, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it means too much, unless you're rolling in the moment. Just saying 2020 doesn't really feel D&D-ish to me. Yeah, getting 220s, you know, you know, when you're rolling for, like, an attack and advantage, or if you've got, like, a... Uh, some sort of a proficiency check. I mean, you if know, you got you a know, multi-attack advantage. and you crit twice, yeah, that's pretty awesome, but, like, I don't know. It's so I mean, rare. unless you're, like, yeah, unless you're, like, a barbarian that's, like, a level six, and it's like, oh, I just rolled double 20s, both my attacks are hitting for crits. Yeah. I mean, I did that with a ranger once, and everyone was like, boo, it sucks, but, like, I mean, I did kill the thing. <laughs> like... <laughs> whatever um i had hunter's mark okay i had like an extra d6 uh, damage. not only did i have hunter's mark i also had slayer's target from the uh it's like hunter's mark except like an ability that i just use on a bonus round so i had two hunter's marks on him it's pretty oh good. my god yeah it's pretty good and this is all fifth edition obviously so yeah rangers be flexing now uh, it was from Xanathar's, I think. It's called, like, the Monster Slayer uh, yeah. class. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, okay, so, like I said, we're going to talk a little bit... Of, oh, before I forget, thank you, Wolfie, for the intro music. It's amazing. Um, so, yeah, we are in 2020. It is only three days in, so we're going to talk about what happened last year and then what will happen, hopefully, this year. And We'll get a little bit into what we've been playing. Both of us were pretty sick. So probably not a whole lot to talk about. So uh, as far as like what we've been playing, but let's start off Morg. What was your number three game of 2019? Okay. Yeah. Starting from the bottom of the list. Number three. Um, this one's kind of hard to say because like it, it's all part of like the same, um, 
um, same series, I would have to say it would be StarCraft. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I started off, I think it was, oh man, uh, when was I, when did I start playing? I think it was um, in the early 2000s, and then like, um, Brood War was becoming like a new thing at the time when I really started getting into it, and oh my god, ever since then, like, my love of StarCraft just took off from there right. and like i can i can remember in wings of liberty like um when starcraft 2 was just first coming out and um we were all waiting like years and years and years at a time like after they had announced it and we we're like oh my god please let it be this year um i think i was like finally out of high school by the time it finally came out and i was uh playing wings of liberty and i was like there's no lurkers why have the Zerg have no lurkers? And then I realized later, oh, wait, yeah, Heart of the Swarm coming out maybe another six years later. Yep. Yep, this is going to be just sweet. And, um... Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, even just, like, uh, just recently, I think it was um, at the uh, early point of 2019 when I got, like, the full package. Uh, I think it was Wings of Liberty, Heart of the Swarm, and uh, Legacy of the Void. Yes. And, yeah, I just I just crushed through the campaign and... Oh, it felt really, really good being able to go back there. And especially, like, um, having going back and seeing a lot of, like, the classic um, units from uh, the original StarCraft and right. Brood War. Um, being able to use those in StarCraft Two is just amazing. Like, going into, like, a Protoss campaign and being able to select Dragoons again, I was like, oh. Yes, Dragoons. <laughs> the clumsy ass, you know, single shoot, the orbs or whatever. Um, but, um, yeah, like, um, I would have to say that, yeah, StarCraft, um, specifically um, Brood War, definitely was my all-time favorite. StarCraft Two is really good. Um, I mean, like, there is, um, what is it, uh, Co-op Commander, which is really fun and it's, it's nice to play. But um, I'd have to say that, yeah, my... Uh, my heart belongs deep in the roots of Brood War for sure, because that's where the most fun I had was. Because, um, oh my god, the campaign for that was just hard as balls. And then ladder after that was even harder still. Uh, I lost a lot, but uh, oh my gosh, it's such a fun game. <laughs> One of the best RTSs out there. I, uh, I never got into StarCraft. And now I actually, uh, if I go into my Blizzard launcher, I actually have... Uh, one of my classic games under my launcher actually uh, is um, um, StarCraft Brood War. I actually mm-hmm. played them back in the day, but I never really got into them. They were actually more uh, they were actually more what my brother was into. Um, mm-hmm. So I remember when Wings of Liberty came out and he was in college um, and I was also in college, I think. I, I got out fairly quickly. I was in and out in two and a half years with my bachelor's. So, like, I my college time is very small compared to most other people's because I went year-round. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I didn't really get into it too much. But um, I do kind of like RTS games at, at times. So uh, it's kind of cool that you were still into StarCraft because StarCraft has definitely been waning as far as popularity goes. Uh, yeah. in the past, you know, five years, um, mm-hmm. League of Legends sort of replaced it as the go-to esports game for a long time, um, which is good and you know good and bad because it's a different kind of esports. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah people, exactly. Yeah, people still get excited for the teams and the players. 
and that kind of stuff. But StarCraft was a lot more static in the meta, whereas League of Legends, the meta changes like every new champion release, it feels like. Like it's. Yeah, yeah. StarCraft is pretty consistent. I mean, uh, recently for I think it was StarCraft Two, they decided to change how the uh, the Infester played out, so mm-hmm. it doesn't fire off as many of those Infested Terrans. I mean, like back then, like Zerg late game was just insane. It was just Broodlords and um, Infestors, and so, and it's really funny because an, an Infester is a caster that doesn't really excel a lot in damage, or at least you wouldn't think that until like all of a sudden you see like. 30 of these infestors coming in and then they would fire off like this massive ball of like infested terrans where there'd be like maybe 30 or 40 of them and they would just gun down everything like mm-hmm. even like even like protoss like uh sky toss strategies were like no match for it. like a mothership would just go down in like a matter of seconds just due to like these things going off and if that weren't bad enough like um there would be those uh, fungal growths that would just destroy bio teams for um, uh, Terran. Or, like, if you were running, like, heavy mech with, like, Thors or, like, battlecruisers and stuff like that, um, they would get mind-controlled by these uh, neuroparasites, and we were all like, oh, my God, Zerg is just absolutely broken right now. But <laughs> now, after, they were... <laughs> now after they changed the meta, I'm, like, really happy. I'm like, oh, thank God. Right. <sighs> I mean, Zerg was my go-to, like, faction, um, but I was never good, so I, I wouldn't have been able to capitalize on said strategies. Um, yeah, Zerg is surprisingly unique in the way that it plays. Like, everything comes out of the hatchery, and you're you're very dependent upon the um, availability of larva, and that's really what makes it different from a lot of the other ca- um, races, because for them, each... Um, uh, each specific unit comes out of a, of a specific building or, right. or, and, like, a specific tech tree, whereas with everything that is Zerg, all you need is just the specific building associated with whatever species you want, mm. and then you just make it all out of the hatchery. And then, yeah, you, you could just mass plant hatcheries left, right, and center, or use queens to inject a bunch of larvae into those hatcheries, and then you would just have this abundance of availability for troops or... Um, uh, workers, like depending upon what the situation was, and, right. and it's funny because with Zerg you can flip flop back and forth. Like, mm-hmm. um, if you if you wanted to play really greedy at the very beginning, you could just do nothing but make workers, and then if you needed that army army like really quickly, you boom, you just switch over to the army, and then you just try and grow them as quickly as possible. Whereas with the others, there has to be some sort of a balance with that. Yeah, there's a um, lot of you have to be, uh, yeah. planning ahead versus reaction. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, there's specific, uh, there's, like, uh, timed-oriented strategies to it. Like, for example, like, um, I remember back then people would be talking about Nine Pool or, like, Mm -hmm. whatever and stuff like that. And that's that's specifically based around how much supply that you have available to you. So, for example, if you have nine workers, at that point you would want to be putting down a spawning pool and then start working on Zerglings and stuff like that. But, um... Yeah, before we get into that, (laughs) what is your number three? My number three is Sekiro uh, from From Software, and um, which is a really weird sentence to say. From? From Software. (laughs) Um, Anyways, um, 
yeah, so like I'm not a big fan of the Soul series. Um, I loved Demon Souls, and when they switched over to Dark Souls, and they they lost a lot of the combat mechanics that I feel that I enjoyed. Um, I lost uh, the light and day, the light and darkness mechanics that I thought was so cool. Uh, because your mm-hmm. world could become more and more tainted, and it was your whole world. It wasn't just—I don't know. It, it there are enough differences between Demon Souls and Dark Souls that I kind of just lost interest. And then I played was a Bloodborne, and I just didn't like it. I don't like the counter mechanic that they have there, uh, having to use guns. I don't like—I don't like that aesthetic of like old England, sort of like that era that they're doing going for. Um, mm-hmm. there's just so many things about the recent, like from software games that I was just like, meh. And like, I don't, I mean, come on. Our number one series for most of us on this podcast is monster hunter. I'm not worried about difficulty. And for a long time I was a solo hunter. So like, mm-hmm. it's not, it wasn't the difficulty. It was just like, I didn't enjoy the mechanics that much. Um, I'm not really big on the story. I'm not really, big on a lot of things in the game um and a big thing for me is monster design and the monster design was just sort of <laughs> especially in bloodborne like uh, i think the pigs were cool and some of the werewolf looking people and you know like the cleric beast stuff like that but like just fighting hunters is like not interesting to me fighting other i needed more of a of a, of a variety it felt like um but uh, all that aside, uh, I picked up Sekiro on a whim, and Sekiro, while it doesn't have like a ton of different enemy designs, a lot of them are mm-hmm. humans. The gameplay was just so good. It teaches you how to play so well versus the other games, um, and like once you kind of get that rhythm down of like when you need a block and stuff, like I can yeah. sit there for hours attempting a boss fight and never get frustrated because i felt like i was learning um yeah yeah exactly so i actually finished this game i didn't like complete it like a lot of people did because you got to play it through four times to get every ending um i got the first good ending which is where you defy father owl and i only missed fighting one boss um in that path of of fighting uh i didn't go in the past and fight father owl again um because like you have to do something in order for that to unlock before you get to a certain point uh and it didn't like i didn't do the requirements or whatever but i killed everything else i even killed uh the demon of rage which supposedly is the hardest boss in the game Uh, yeah and i was like that took me some time. It actually didn't take me near as much time as the final boss did, but uh, it was it, like every fight was intense. Um, there's only a few bosses that I actually did on the first try. One of them being the guardian ape with his mate. The second time you oh, fight the guardian ape. That thing. Yeah, dude, that, oh. that fight is intense. Like the original guardian ape, like I died a lot. I I like I feel like I zerg rushed that. Speaking about StarCraft, like I just yeah. like, oh. constantly dropped to that dude, and then oh. I got to stage two, and I was like, "What the yeah 
fuck. <laughs> the part, like, right after you chop its, he- its goddamn head off, and then you're like, oh, it was never alive to begin with. No, it's got some weird centipede thing inside right. of it. And you're like, oh, great, now I gotta kill that damn thing, too? Oh, and now yeah. it's got a sword? Yes. Come on! Oh, man. Well, the, 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 the bad part is the fear mechanic, right? Because fear just kills you period so like if you you're there when he screams like if you don't run fast enough which you know the first couple times i didn't know um you just die it's just like yeah it doesn't matter how well you did you just die um so i i really i really enjoyed this game uh i put a lot of time into it um and i like i i feel like it was the it it's, it's weird because like it would be like it it was good to have a game that I could really sink my teeth into at that time. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, like, I don't talk about this too much anymore, but, like, my personal life hasn't been the greatest the past, you know, like, in 2018, the whole divorce and everything. So, like, sometimes you just need something to, like, get your mind off of that stuff. And, like, Mm -hmm. that game this year, in 2019, you know, I'm still repairing from that experience you know almost two years ago now but like that game was like really cathartic for me to to be like i can do this i can control something like like Mm -hmm. i can i can do something difficult and still like i have control over something uh and it i know that's you know like i don't know a lot more personal than i normally get on the podcast but sekiro was amazing to me on a personal level on top of just the gameplay and all that kind of stuff. Um, right. So flipping off of that, uh, what is your number two, Morg? My number two is going to have to be Subnautica because holy crap, that game blew me out of the water at no pun intended. So I remember you talking about this only just a few weeks ago, right? And you yeah. had mentioned it here and there throughout. I didn't know they had added so much to the game because I watched it like back in the early days. Like I watched a lot. I used to watch a lot of Jack Jacksepticeye on YouTube, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. he did a good Subnautica series. But at that time, there was only the Reaper. That was it. Like yeah, and uh, like you started talking about this other stuff, and I'm like, nope, mm-mm. Like I'm not afraid of like big sea monsters and that kind of stuff but i would be like no i don't want to play that Mm-mm. nope oh my god like yeah now that after after like the game like finally got fully completed um yeah it, it, it's really sensational to play like um now the cyclops actually takes damage and you have to monitor like um how fast you're going like if if there's any sort of cavitation then it'll draw uh, leviathans to you and then they'll attack your ship and stuff like that and then like so there's like stealth modes um you know you have to constantly monitor how much food and water and air you have available to you um yeah it's it's essentially and, a survival game yeah yeah it's str- it's straight up survival i mean you can choose to play the game so then that way you just stay there forever and you just enjoy the, the bewonderment of like these crazy ecological sites like there's like shallow reefs and then there's like these 
these deep trenches where there's like glowing uh, bioluminescent flora and fauna there. And it, it, then there's like a volcanic area where there's these dragon leviathans that are just spitting like fire everywhere and stuff like that. Like it's, mm. oh my God, like that that game is just so full of amazing stuff. Like it's, it's, it's haunting it's terrifying, it's stressful, but it's also, like, one of the most magical experiences that I've had with a game that has, like, really... When I played it, I, I, I had, like, a set list of things that I knew that I had to do in order to be able to make any decent progress. Um, not just to beat the game, but to... To make it more convenient, because mm. when you start off in that game, you start off with barely anything. It's true. Like, you've got, like, the smallest size tank, you have to race around and catch your food as often as you can, and you have to, you have to really be very careful water. and monitor. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, I think I've died of dehydration, I think, only twice. Um... Leviathans have never been the issue for me. It's it's always been starvation and dehydration yeah. or just drowning or like those um those uh sulfur plants with like those weird explodey boys that come out and like just catch you off guard. Like they'll just run right into you and then just blow you up and you're like, <laughs> "Oh my god, I can't believe that that thing got me again." But like um my god, like there's so much in, that goes on in that game that is just absolutely phenomenal and it's it's a must-play for sure. I definitely recommend that for a lot of people if they're looking for a really a, a really fantastic survival game that is not Minecraft, because my yeah. god. <sighs> not my cup of tea. I did play Minecraft for the first time this year. Um, it wasn't bad. Like, I didn't... I thought it was going to be terrible. I never had played it before. Uh, and I actually played it on the Switch. Um, gosh, what was that? It had to have been june that i was playing mm -hmm. it um maybe july uh it was mm -hmm. different uh like i've never <laughs> i'm not a huge fan of the game my brother was actually more into it than i was so i mostly just helped him build build stuff um mm -hmm. yeah um i survival games have never been my thing <clears throat> i got into subnautica just watching it just because of Jack guy, right? Just his personality and watching him play. Um, mm -hmm. That's what more made it interesting for me to watch at the time. Um, but like, I do like monsters and I love their designs and looking at the Leviathans was enough to see like, Oh my gosh. So I actually ended up looking up a few videos of the different Leviathans and uh, yeah, that stuff's creepy. Like, I think the ghost leviathan is probably the most terrifying out of them all. I mean, like, the reaper is probably a close second, but well, that ghost so leviathan, fast, oh yeah. my god, is it's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I I imagine. I didn't see the ghost one. I did see the, the, whatever the giant one is on video. Oh, oh the one. emperor. Yeah. The emperor. That one's a great one. I love that one. Although, yeah. um... Oh, warpers. Warpers are... Warper leviathans are probably the absolute most terrifying. Then probably ghost. Because, yeah, getting teleported outside of your prawn suit or your, your sea moth. And, like, and just being exposed and vulnerable in, like, the deepest, darkest depths of the ocean. Right. That is... Oh, God. Uh, uh, right now I've got goosebumps. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't... Ooh, I don't even want to think about it. Oh. Well... well 
uh, speaking about Giant Max, uh, my number two was Into the Breach this year. Um, you remember how, like, it wasn't too long ago that Nintendo put out uh, this little link that says, hey, look at your stats in 2019. Um, like, oh, how many games yeah. you played and that kind of stuff. Um, so, like, mine, like, my hours played was, like, 828 or something like that, or, or something like it, maybe 14. Oh, wow. It was over 800, and I was like, dang and you played 48 games this year what like i played a (laughs) lot of games but the very first game that is on my list for 2019 is into the breach i actually got it i think new year's day um oh wow uh last year Uh, and i love that game like uh it's it, it i don't like a lot of strategy games like um xcom or that kind of thing. It's weird because in theory, I like doing like the strategy and the planning and that kind of stuff. Um, like uh, fire emblem, right? I never got into fire emblem, even though it's the same kind of gameplay. Uh, but this game right. for some reason, which is this gameplay really, really clicked with me. And I think it was more so it's more about a puzzle each fight than it is risk management per se it is risk, mm-hmm. risk management but it's not it's hard to describe it's like uh so there's a similar game that came out a little bit after it i was really excited for which is wargroove did you ever see wargroove no i haven't and i'm actually looking right now at this uh into the breach and it kind of has like similar vibes to um Final Fantasy Tactics, but like I love um, Tactics, by the way. I don't know what it is yeah. about Tactics. Tactics seems to be the exception to the rule. Um, previous co-host way back, Loberin, uh, or you know, Toasty Smiles. Now, um, when he was on the podcast, a lot of time we called him Loberin. Uh, his favorite game of all time is Final Fantasy Tactics, and we would talk about that a lot. Um, it's the fact that you can save the people who die in Tactics. I think that saves it for me. Because, like, Mm -hmm. I don't like losing units. Like, that's hard for me to handle. Although, we're going to be playing Blood Bowl soon, where you can have units die permanently. Um, I've gotten more (laughs) used to that idea over the years. Like, I play Darkest Dungeon sometimes now. Like, I'm not not really that turned off by permadeath on, you know, units that you have anymore. But, at that time, I was. And Into the Breach... Definitely has permadeath and that kind of stuff. But it's a really cool... Like, I love the idea that, like, you only have three units to use. That's it. And you got to learn how to sync up those units and use them in the best way possible. And on top of that, they add in these little achievements that you have to do. And those achievements, like, unlock gold coins which allows you to buy more teams to play through with a different team. Um, mm-hmm. So you have like your standard like base team and it's like, it's got like a, a, a prime unit, which primes are like mechs uh, that has a tank and it has like a, uh, a long range tank and you got to learn how they work together. And then like, once you beat it uh, with like, there's different endings you can do. You can do, like a full five island save four and three and Mm -hmm. you know the further you go the more difficult the challenges get um 
And it, like once I got into the groove of sort of like, okay, I now know how to do this, this, and this. It was like so fun to sort of learn a new team and do it all over again. I and that's when I was talking about the Nintendo stats where I put in so many hours. Um, I think over 250 hours on my Switch was into the breach. Like it was the biggest time sink I've had in the year aside from Iceborne. Um, I'm going to have to take a look at this game because, uh, yeah, Massive Chalice, that was a big surprise to me Like when, yes. I, when I first played that and game. And I liked Massive Chalice, too. Now, Massive Chalice, that didn't get that didn't really get going for me till the end fight, the first playthrough that I had. But mm-hmm. um, because, because I had, uh, we talked about it on that podcast episode, but I had that enforcer dude or whatever, the, the big tank guy. That was like, hey, you get to do a move again after you kill something, and I went on a rampage and killed like seven things. I was like, this is amazing! Like, oh my god! <laughs> like, like, uh, like, I, Massive Chalice is another one that just like I kind of liked that that kind of style of gameplay. So it's really hit or miss for me normally, um, but whatever it is, they did it so well. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to see what these guys do next, or if there's an ex- like they do an expansion for Into the Breach. I want more into the reach. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, I even beat it with the secret team. I won't spoil what the secret team is, but the secret team is pretty tough to win with because they don't upgrade at all. Like they're like we're gonna have to find out when we do it. Maybe on the next. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it might make side quest. Well, we'll it find could. out. I've already beat it though, and I've already talked about it extensively. But you know, I'm not against doing it again and starting over. Um. Getting, like, the, the collective perspective on it, you know, when you've got, like, three or four people in the same room talking about it and then how they how their opinions differ or maybe similar. Right. You know, uh, that might, that might be quite refreshing. Blood Bowl is the same kind of thing. Turn-taking strategy tactics. Like, that's exactly what Blood Bowl ends up being. You know what I mean? Like, with mm-hmm. permadeath. So, like... I I like the genre. I just like I don't like a lot of the popular games in the genre, like uh, XCOM or um, there's another one that a lot of people. Oh, like I liked uh, a lot of people really liked Mario versus Rabbids. Um, oh, I've heard. <laughs> I didn't I've heard about that game. <laughs> I ha- I've had it for a long time. I've had it close since close to it released, and I just don't enjoy it. Like I just. I oh, that's unfortunate. I don't know what it is. It just doesn't feel the same i i don't know i love luigi though <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> um and so number one we have uh a shared game for number one which is iceborne and then you also have generations ultimate um yeah i kind of put them both in the same there i wanted to squeeze them they're both very the different so like I, uh, I'm kind of cheating a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> up until yeah, Iceborne part. came out, because Generations Ultimate came out in 2018, and that's the majority of where I played it. I did play it some in 2019. In fact, that's where we got my brother all the way up just before Iceborne came out. So yeah. I, I played a decent amount of it this year also. Um, so let so let's just get it out of the way. Monster Hunter, it was great. We talked to death about Iceborne on this podcast in many different times, many different ways. And there's a reason for that. It's the freaking greatest game of like all time. I mean, like it's still my favorite series. Every entry into the series does something amazing, aside from Monster Hunter Stories. That was okay. It wasn't my favorite. 
<laughs> oh, that's too bad because I really loved uh, no, I liked Monster it. Hunter I, stories. I liked um, it. I liked rampaging around with my black Diablos. Like that's what I used oh, throughout yeah. the whole game. But like, it's just. I think we can agree it's on the weaker end of the games, right? Like it's not the yeah, best. I'll, yeah, <laughs> I'll agree that the premise is a little strange. Like yeah. you know grabbing dinosaur eggs and basically making them, you know, your pets so that way you can fight off, like, other other monsters or other people that are wielding the same monsters. Um, kind of sounds an awful lot like uh, the Lost World Jurassic Park PC game that I once um, won in some sort of a weird contest. Of, I can't remember. It was, like, in the 90s. Because um, no one would have bought it anyways, right? <laughs> uh, well... <laughs> Sorry. Well, this was this was at the time when like it was a cheap um, shot. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, um, I know this is a big segue, but like, um, now anybody who's a you know um, can remember like uh, the big marketing thing that was going on with Lost World Jurassic Park, where they were like selling all the toys and yeah. uh, they had like T-shirts and video games and stuff like that. Well, apparently, Popsicles, the brand, uh, actually had like this little contest going on where if you submitted um, the most popsicle sticks, uh, depending upon however many that you had, um, you would get prizes from that. And I remembered from that, I got a T-Rex alarm clock. I got like a number of t-shirts and then I got Lost World's Jurassic Park, um, mm -hmm. PC game, which kind of functions like an RTS game. Um, you're basically controlling like, um, uh, all the characters or whatever. And then like you go around, you collect eggs from nests and then you try and hatch those um, dinosaurs in order to get, like, um, monsters on your team. And then, like, um, the cool thing about that game was, um, the stuff that you were able to collect that you did not hatch, uh, from yeah. previous levels, you could carry over into the next one. So, yeah. like, by the end of it, I was saving up all these Velociraptor and Dilophosaurus and T-Rex eggs for, like, the last mission of, of the game, and it was arguably the hardest, but uh, lo and behold, it ended up being the easiest one because... When you've got, like, seven T-Rexes and, like, eight Velociraptors and then, it's like, an army of Dilophosaurus just spitting yeah. venom. Like, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I tell yeah, you what. Yeah, the more I thought like, about, yeah. I, 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 I'm going to, another sidetrack here. I love Jurassic Park. Don't get me wrong, right? Um, oh, yeah, it's great. One of my favorite games on the PS1 is Jurassic Park Warpath, which was the fighting game between dinosaurs. Did you ever see that oh, one? that one. Mm. Yeah, I, I love that game. However, Jurassic... It's not the one that uh, uses barcodes to make your uh, dinosaurs more powerful, is it? No, 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 no. This is a straight-up Mortal Kombat-esque fighting game. You pick... Oh! You pick... They had Giganotosaurus, they had T-Rex, they had Ankylosaurus. Like, they had a lot of stuff that you could pick from. Uh, oh wow! I think the only thing you couldn't be was like a sauropod. Like I don't think they had a sauropod as a fighter. I could be wrong. Oh my god! <laughs> um, like, I think I can imagine how that would play. You would just be zoning everybody out with your whip-like tail, just it, be like. But it was and like, they'd be like that's not fair. Dino on dino fighting game. It was actually really cool. But um, that is badass. I have a pet peeve with Jurassic Park, and it's two two dinosaurs that they continually mess up. And it's just egregious how bad they mess them up. And it's the Dilophosaurus that you were talking about and yeah. uh, the Velociraptor. 
because the Velociraptor should be called a Deinonychus because they were actually that size. Velociraptors are only three feet tall. So like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Deinonychus also lived in the same areas that T-Rex did. So like, yeah, they're in the same time period too. So like that makes more sense of the Jurassic Park. They're also the, di- I, I know it's a little way off track to get to talk about dinosaurs, but Deinonychus, it's sad that they didn't use it. And it's not a more popular dinosaur because Deinonychus is the dinosaur discovery that pushed the idea of dinosaurs being warm blooded. It is that discovery of that dinosaur. They were like, hold on, hold on. These can't be cold blooded. If this is a thing like, <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> uh, because Deinonychus Dino- uh, is a t- like six foot tall, 10 foot long Raptor that hunted in packs. You know, like it's just like, it's a lot like what they just they show in the movies. Um, yeah, like th- there's a lot of um, stuff that Jurassic Park like um, gets wrong as far as continuity areas. Like for example, like taking you know dinosaurs from like different eras. Like like yeah. they're all in the Mesozoic era, but like you know when you have like them coming from different periods, like 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 the Triassic, the Jurassic, and Cretaceous periods, and you're like you know pushing. You know, them all I don't think they have and, any like, Triassic dinosaurs. That's the thing, though. Like I don't like most of the popular dinosaurs are all Cretaceous and Jurassic. Like yeah. I don't know of the I don't know if Jurassic Park has any Triassic ones, like at all, um, like Platyosaurus or anything like that, because they were fairly not advanced in the triassic age like there wasn't a lot of interesting ones um yeah yeah like i think it was like later on in the uh, jurassic and cretaceous when you see a lot of theropod dinosaurs that were starting to get a lot taller some of them were being more built for running and then other ones like in particular would have like a, a specific uh alignment to their jaw which would make it so that they were designed either for like um lacerating taking out chunks of meat or First, just straight up like bone crushing power. Right. So I mean, yeah, there's a lot going on in there. I don't even think Dilophosaurus had a frilled neck. No. Or like venom. It's like, like that's no. just and that's just for thing. color. That's showmanship right there. Well, yeah, not only that. So like what they're what they're interpreting as that frill that comes up is actually two bony ridges on top of their head. It's it's actually like they just have two bony ridges like where the eyebrows would be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and then on top of that, they're ten feet tall. Like they're yeah, they're actually massive. significantly bigger than in the movie. Yeah, they're they're massive compared to what they show in the movies, which is like kind of weird. Like I don't like why would they? <laughs> I, 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 like okay, whatever, right? But, and they got the Spinosaurus all wrong. It would never be able to take on a T Rex because it would never even be able to stand that tall. I mean, it's so front heavy. It's actually uh, quadrupedal. And with the way that its teeth are designed, I mean, like it's it's a fish eating dinosaur. Right. They, like it's they a fish also think it was uh, it, it served purpose like a giant crocodile, even though there were giant crocodiles at that time. I think sixty foot crocodiles. <clears throat> I mean, I they know. got the aquatic part right, but yeah. um, with the placement of the nostrils on the snout, um, 
it, it, it can't necessarily go directly like head first underwater, but it can actually like because it has like the same sensory nodes on the tip of its snout like a crocodile. It can actually right. you know sense um, changes in like water pressure and stuff like that, and actually catch prey like that. Like it was designed to go yeah. fishing around, and it makes sense because it's also got these long conical teeth which are not designed. To be like, like you know, fighting. lacerating, serrated yeah. teeth. Like they're conical. They're they're pokey. They they're meant Trap to grapple on to exactly. Yeah. But um, you know. Yeah, yeah. Huge Universal aside. Studios. Uh, so Monster Hunter, obviously our game of the year. Like I mean, Iceborne did a lot for Monster Hunter World. Uh, it revitalized it in a way that, like, for me, I was done with World. Right, I had platinum yeah. it. I still haven't platinumed Iceborne. I haven't got a single gold crown on a new monster. Um, Because I just, like, I haven't... No, that's not true. I got a few. Um, But I haven't finished a monster yet. Um, But I got kind of burnt out. Honestly, Safi Jiva really killed the game for me. Iceborne was amazing. (laughs) Amazing. And I was loving it. And then um, some other games came around that I wanted to play, like Borderlands 3 or whatnot. Um... And I ended up like, then Safi Jiva came back, as, came out, and then I came back to play that and stuff. And yeah. it, it, it has killed the game for me. And and in it, I may not platinum it at this point because I have no desire to go back because like it feels like it has just hit the top end of what can be for weapons. Like um, it has. It it officially has. Like it has made them absolutely broken. On top of the fact that you can you can personally buff them. However you like, you can yeah. you can give them awakened abilities, you can give them um, armor bonuses, and then on top of that, you can also give them guiding line augmentations. I mean, it's like, you yeah. don't even need to get anything else It's Safi Jiva all the way. You, yeah, you just don't like, need anything else. I worked hard, and I'm not even kidding. I worked very hard to make the fire, uh, the, the best fire charge blade i could which was the silver rathalos charge blade right mm-hmm. and i dealt with the fact that it was an elemental charge blade instead of a impact because i prefer impact because i like KOing things but <laughs> here's the thing all iceborne in general was great right mm-hmm. i loved it obviously it's our both of our number one uh you including Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate in there, which I, I agree, it's amazing, but I would more put that, for me, in 2018 than 2019. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I still try and find people online to play GU, but... Um, you know what? Uh, I will probably yeah. play GU more likely than I will play Iceborne at this point. Um, and there's two big reasons. And then I was talking about, um, actually, a guy at, at work today. We were talking... Uh, I, I went on site. We, you know, I, I work, we work as my family business goes on site to different job sites. We were actually there talking to a customer we know pretty well, uh, who also plays Monster Hunter. Um, and he was talking like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah like, oh, I didn't know you guys played. And we got a big discussion about it. And he was like, yeah, we'll so totally play. And I was like, yes, we will play, but we're not playing on our, on our own. My, my brother and I, we were just like, it like for me. It's two things. It's the fact that Safi Jiva came in and just completely replaced any weapon I had. Like I like I was saying, that Silver Rathalos thing, straight up, the base fire Safi Jiva, without me doing all the upgrades, is as good as that Silver Rathalos great, uh, charge blade. 
Yeah, it, it, it completely undermines the end game of right. of uh, Iceborne right now. Like all you have to do is just farm the ever living crap out of you know Savage a single even, dragon. It's an amazing and fight, and it's like there's it nothing wrong with the fight. It's awesome. I love it. It's great mechanic. The problem is it just kills everything else. It's just like it's just it. The gear needs to not be that good. Like the gear needs to be <laughs> a lot worse. Like and I don't yeah. care. I don't care if people are like, oh well. You know, blah, blah, blah. Like, we had, you know, a bit of a discussion with it when it first came out. You know, I got pretty heated. And you guys like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> I'm still, I'm not, like, angry about it. It just killed it for me, right? And then on top of that, and this is the thing that irks me the most the more I think about it. So I tend not to think about it. My favorite thing in Monster Hunter since Monster Hunter 1 is the ecology of the monsters. But my number two mm-hmm is breaking shit on monsters. I love cutting off tails. I love breaking the wings, breaking the head. It's just fun to sort of wear down. It feels like there's an actual fight going on, right? It feels like there's more interaction to that. And Iceborne purposely tuned up how much it takes to break apart unless you clutch claw it. And they forced that mechanic down our throat. And it did it in a way that hurt how I like to play the game. So, I always ran Part Breaker 3. I always did, right? In World. I love it. That's what I like to do. But now, there was even a bug where Kushala, it was impossible, impossible to break his horns in certain situations before Mm -hmm. he died. Like, they actually fixed that as a bug. And they actually tuned up how much it takes to break something because they want you to clutch claw. And I just, like, that kills it for me, too. So, like... For me, I'm waiting for the next Monster Hunter. Now, I'm, you know, I'm being very negative on a couple aspects of this game. I still put 400 hours into Iceborne this year. I still put a shit ton of hours into this game. Like, I like it a lot. The new monsters, stellar. The returning monsters, great. I think a little too fan servicey. Like, some of the monsters yeah, could have stayed them, in the yeah. past. Like, oh. not that I don't enjoy them, <laughs> because I... True to my word, I love every monster aside from King Shakalaka. But, just, he can just go die in hell. But, um... Oh my god. Like, it, it was just like, it was so good, but it misses the mark just enough where it just angered me that much. And it, Safi Jiva is, I feel, is like a separate issue from the game, right? I had yeah. had my fun. I had put in as many hours as I really could. I could have put the game down before Safi Jiva came out and been satisfied. And it was mm-hmm. it was Safi Jiva that says, probably not going to come back. Probably. I may come back and try to do the crown hunting at some point, but I almost feel no desire to. And even though I wanted to get that double platinum for the game, I just... I may not. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, the, the only reason, like, right now that I'm even, like, doing a lot of the stuff in Iceborne right now is just because of the event quests. Yeah. I mean, I've already I've already done enough Safi Jiva to, you know, count for a lifetime. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I got all the armor pieces that I wanted. I even made a Master's Touch set that also included the Safi Jiva, um, uh, I think it's a three-piece uh, bonus ability, which it's not the best, but it's still pretty good. But, mm-hmm. um, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just in it to do, like, some of, like, these crazier event quests. Like, a double Rajang mission, that is hilarious fun. 
Yeah, it's a it, good callback, it too. It's a good callback, too. Yeah. Old oh, my God. Yes, it does. It reminds me of the days when we would go in there with, like, Death Stench Armor and the Teostra Heavy Bow Gun, and then just go in there with, like, normal level 3, and then just keep shooting Rajang in the face until you try and break off both the horns, and then you just hope that you break off both the horns and kill it mm. before the second one comes in. Um, oh, man. Freedom Unite. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's you know, raunchy, I see but a it keeps lot calling more me retroactive. back. I see a lot of retroactive love for that game. Let me tell you, at the time, that was a rough game. Like, it not was. a lot of people had it. I that's I, I ended up, thankfully, having uh, my brother around, and we were getting along at that point, because, you know, at a certain point in your life, you don't get along with your siblings, because you're still in high school and blah, blah, blah. But at that point, we yeah. were both in college. And whenever we could, we played that together. And that was the first game that we truly, like, synced up on playing a lot of time with. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I had a lot of help in Freedom Unite, right? Um, yeah. It was in 3 Ultimate where I really ended up being more of a solo hunter just because, you know, I moved away and he moved away, blah, 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 blah right? Um, yeah. But I, I don't... I don't get this retroactive love for Freedom Unite. Like, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, it's the best game. Because, like, they went back and played it. Like, like why? Like, it's, like, people, like, have a hard time stomaching Generations Ultimate after playing World because of the quality of life. But then there are some people going back as far as Freedom Unite. And I'm like, whoa. Whoa, that is some quality of life. It's a sadistic game. Like, it is brutal. Like, I mean, I mean, nowadays we'd have like, you know, the simple convenience of being able to see, oh, there's where the bugs are or like, oh, there's right. like this big giant mineral shard sticking out of the ground that obviously you can mine from. But I mean, um, like <laughs> even like when you said back in the day, like with the base monster hunter, like you didn't even get like the little question mark that tells mm-hmm. you, oh, no. guess what? This is there's where a, you can mine from. There's a but, crack like, in the wall. And you would have to cycle to your pickaxe, and then if your pickaxe hit it, when you press yeah. square on the pickaxe, then it was a mining spot. Like exactly, you you'd have to actually select the pickaxe, and you'd have to like you would literally be cuddling the wall, just moving around, like shimmying, shaking, like and be like, oh yeah, is this where I need to be? And there's a reason <laughs> why I carry two different types of pickaxes with me in every game. Because, or we're not, you know, not in world, obviously, because you don't carry pickaxes, but like in Generations Ultimate. Because back in the day, if you ran out of pickaxes, SOL, man, like, no more, even on the pickaxe quests, like, go craft some, go find some iron ore (laughs) and uh, small monster bones (laughs) and craft them. Like, holy cow. Yeah, those games, you you had to be prepared. Like, you couldn't just go to a base and then just change your loadout and change your armor. No, you had to have everything set in place and you had to know exactly what you were doing. Your ducks had to be in a row before you even started the mission. And, right. oh my god, like, I <laughs> I think that's... That's largely the reason why people sometimes go back to like the retro games, like Freedom Unite and Three Ultimate, because they want like, to feel that pain. They wanna... Oh my god, the challenge! Like the haunt, being haunted by those games back in a time when you didn't really have anybody to play with. Ooh, oh my god! You know what? I think I think that I think that people there is a good reason to go back to Freedom Unite. It's a very very good, very big reason. Hypnocatrice? Yes. Hypnocatrice. Ah! 
I? Yes, I knew it. Because that is the only time that you can fight that monster now with the Frontier server shutting down. That is correct. Yeah, the Frontier servers uh, servers all shut down. And so, yeah, nobody can play uh, um, that game anymore. That's too bad. Um, now, I, I didn't th- know this, but Lavasieth actually... Now, I knew it debuted in that in the main series. I didn't mm-hmm. know that it was a Frontier-only monster before that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I always thought that Lavasioth was just a sta- another staple monster. Same with uh, Hypnocatrice until I went back and I did like some researching and due to some uh, help, thank you, Band Legiacris, for uh, uh Oh, he's amazing. I, lo- I love him. Yeah, although sometimes I feel like some of his tweets carry on maybe a little too much when he's trying to build a lot of suspense because that's, that's what lore is all about, you know making it mysterious but um yeah um <laughs> um in all honesty i had no idea that lavasioth was uh was a frontier monster and then seeing it again like in world i was like i was shocked like ew i, I like lavasioth i don't care what all you guys say pising wyverns for the win please i mean bring, hashtag bring back pleaseyth like in all honesty, I have no problem with Plesioth, but I mean, um, <laughs> Lavasioth is. It, they took out his I, signature move in World. They did, yes. They his, did his take it out. His giant fish flop, and I miss yeah. that. Yeah, the big side flop that comes up and he splashes down, and there's like three magma balls that shoot out in every direction, and right. you're like, oh my god. Yeah. I mean, it is maybe a little too anime for World, but I still like it. Although it would have been really nice if they kept a lot of like the, the old like very Japanesey like crazy goofy stuff like that a lot of those monsters had because yeah oh I I I would very much like to have seen like monsters like Camellios and Hypnocatrice in like the ancient yeah. forest you know the, I, just <laughs> I was really pulling for Camellios in World as <clears throat> I don't know like maybe it'll come yet. out in like World Two or something like that. I, you I know, know they're not going to call it six. They, they can't. I don't know. See, there's just some people believe, and I'm not sure what to believe that there's still more monsters coming to Iceborne. And yeah, yeah, I've noticed that there have been a lot of people who have been arguing that there could be more, like Josh from Rage Gaming Videos, um, RX. Um, I don't know about Gaijin Hunter. I think Gaijin Hunter said well, even, that he was kind of stepping away from it, but even in yeah. our in our circle here, Haru is a very big proponent of that idea, and and Naraki, and and I'm not I'm not really sure what to think because like they said, oh, and, and there's more to come in in 2020, right? And I was like, mm-hmm. cool, but like I don't feel like there's going to be any new monsters now. If there are new monsters, I am going to come back to fight them, but I'm not sure I'm going to come back. You know, and do the crown hunting and that kind of stuff. We'll certainly fight new monsters, but like, mm-hmm. I'm ready for the next game at this point. Yeah, like I know, I know, I want to see where they go with it next. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, Iceborne is amazing. I love it. However, mm-hmm. aside from the Clutch Claw, it's still World, right? It still feels yeah. like the same game, which is great. Don't get me wrong. But there's a reason why I'm more apt to go back to the play Generations Ultimate. Like it's very cathartic to be in that old Monster Hunter style, and mm-hmm. I want to see how they progress the new style. I obviously they're not going to use the Generations Ultimate engine and those games anymore. Um, 
because that one's about as worn out as it can be because it's the longest generation of the 4G in the fourth generation. It's the most games in a generation, I would say, aside from if you include Frontier in second generation. Um, yeah. Which Frontier ended up being its own thing anyways, eventually down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I'm just excited to see where they go. And that's kind of a good segue into... Uh, I get. I guess we'll kind of forego the what we what we've been playing. Um, I'll just quickly mention I've been playing Luigi's Mansion Three and a little bit of League of Legends, but that's mm-hmm. about it. Like I I played some Aram with my brother because his friends want to play uh, recently. They wanted to find something to play together. I'm actually gonna be playing a lot more D and D this year. I'm actually joining another in person campaign. Oh, so. And that's actually ended up being a Pathfinder 2 session on one day and a Pathfinder 1 session another day. So I'm actually technically not playing D&D. I'll be playing Pathfinder. Um, yeah, yeah. My, my D&D group has been uh, thinking about getting into Pathfinder 2. Um, I definitely and... suggest that. <laughs> Uh, I don't I, want to spend the money on more books. Oh my I god, mean, they're so right expensive. Right now, <laughs> the core rulebook is all you need. The DM needs the bestiary, and that's it. You're talking about one book right now. Oh my god, thank god. Oh, I yeah, mean, there's, like, there's other stuff that will come out later, but one book is enough. And it, uh, I will say this: it is amazing. I, I love. It is my favorite system right now. It's Pathfinder Second Edition. Yeah. I still hate first edition, but that's just what this group plays with. Plays with these are actually part of the old group that I started back in high school. I'm not even kidding. So they still play together because they used to come to my house and play. And then when I moved away, they kept playing on their own and started their mm-hmm. own group. So I'm rejoining that group. Um, yeah, and they're the Pathfinder group now. They, they used to be three five when I used to play back in the day. So. Mm-hmm. same yeah, people uh, i played with in high school like it, it's gonna be a throwback for sure yeah i mean like <laughs> I, I i still like playing fifth edition i mean like they keep putting out more stuff and like more stuff keeps getting pulled out of that unearthed arcana like they finally have the artificer and uh i i i i want to actually play it and find out just how good it is and whether or not i can mix that into rogue and then get myself you know solid snake or you know like um like how, um, oh, what is it? I think his name is Turlock the Barbarian. I think he's on YouTube. Um, he does like um, a show called Character Build where he takes um, all of your fan fit and like uh, all your favorite fictional characters and then tries to make them all like level 20 multi-class D&D characters. Hmm. Like he's got like a bunch. I think he's got... Um, of course uh, he's got to have Terminator bot. series. Yeah, I know. Like, it, it's absolutely crazy. Like, he's got one for like uh, the. You know, I think it's called the T eight hundred. Is it called the T eight hundred? Yeah, the yeah. The Terminator is bot. The, the original Terminator. Yeah. Yeah, he's got some for like uh, for like uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure characters. He's got one for the Hulk, Iron Man, Batman. He's got um, a bunch for like Star Wars characters. So like, he's got a build for Han Solo. Mm. For like fifth edition, like D and D. Like, he's got a whole bunch of them. Like, um. What is there? Like, there's um, all kinds of stuff that he that he has as far as like getting characters up to like level twenty, and then figuring out how viable the build is, yeah. uh, like what the pros and cons are. It's it's a really fun show to watch. Like, I I get all kinds of ideas on how I want to be able to build characters just from watching that. Like, um, hmm. I'm thinking about like doing like a. Um, I know this is pretty 
bland, but it's going to be a very human, but it's going to be a fighter monk. And just I just want to see, like, how many times I can throw in flurry of blows just using action surge and then just, like, pummeling the absolute crap out of monsters. Like, it's, it's just such a fun idea. I mean, um, one of my favorite characters I played in 5th edition was just a human wizard. Like, nothing special. He was actually an indicationist. Yeah. Like, but, you know, like, it was the roleplay aspect of it, right? That's That's mm-hmm. really... The character building I feel that a lot of people lose is they end up making a stat block. They don't make yeah. a character. And yeah. what I made was, I don't remember his name, but he was a, 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 an ex-noble. He was actually kicked out of the Wizarding Academy for doing dangerous experiments. Um, because he's his ambition was just, I want to be the most powerful wizard, and I don't really care about your restrictions and morals. Like... Um, he wasn't a bad guy, but he, he was neutral, but he was like, oh, well, I'm kind of cocky. I know what I'm doing and I'm the best here. So fuck all y'all. I'm out. Um, yeah, pretty much like the, the council is old and feeble. I know right. better. I mean, but that's evil, right? He, this guy is an evil. Um, but one of the, like, he used to be an ex noble, right? So like, he's yeah, very yeah. well to do. He had a lot of gold. And that kind of stuff. and But that's because I came in at a later level and I just didn't want to spend a lot of things. So I kind of rolled that into uh, a character, right? And then What do you mean I sound evil? I just have a cold. I need to get some <laughs> more vapor rub on my chest. Ugh, yes. But one of the things is he doesn't speak about money in anything less than platinum. Oh, wow. All of his... <laughs> All of his interactions with gold and money is always in platinum. And I only recorded on my character sheet in platinum. I oh would my say God. I would have like 15.78 platinum or something like that. Like I didn't write it in <laughs> anything else. And it was just like, it was just fun just to play that sort of cocky. Oh, and he also like, we had uh, a girl in our party um, or one, it was one of the, our, our friend's girlfriends. She's actually a normal of, of the group that I used to play with uh, when we played there. And she was like, "Oh, well, I'm this like super pretty, like I really care about what I look like kind of kind of thing." She was oh. like doing doing a character right, and they all, she like everything needed to be black and white, and and that kind of stuff. And then uh, she made some sort of snide comment because that's her character, right? Just sort of this uppity, I'm more beautiful than everyone else and everyone should uh, aspire to be up to my standards. So she was kind of cocky also. And she said, oh, honey, that outfit, that looks so drab on you. I would really prefer, and I actually cut her character off. I was like, I'm sorry what were you saying? Like, 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 <laughs> I just like, and she was like, well, I was, t-, and I was like, look, you have to be at least a 10 to talk to me. Go. Oh, and like, I was snap. just stuff like that. Like, but here's the thing is like, I'm normally a pretty nice guy in person. So like me playing a total asshole of a character really threw some of the group for a loop. Like, like, Oh man, it was, it was so good. Um, yeah, I could just imagine somebody being like, why don't you just go off and make your little you know, 15 puppy coat or something? Right. <laughs> right. I mean, that's a little meta. I wouldn't have said that. But yes, that is essentially what I felt she was, was Corella DeVille. Oh, my God. 
Um, so like, I, I, re- <laughs> I remembered making, I think it was a tiefling rocker. Like it was a bard and he actually like had an electric guitar and everything. And apparently he was from Atlanta, Georgia. It was so funny having a character <laughs> <laughs> actually with a whole bunch of like these like pop culture references just coming in. And I, I remembered, I think it was my first character that I ever made. And he, mm. and, I, I never, I never made a bard since then that had such low charisma. Um, <laughs> and he was like 375 pounds too, which was the best part. And, um, like, what was it? Uh, the DM was like, oh, uh, you come up to, uh, like this, uh, this, um, rickety old house. It's dilapidated, whatever. And there's like, uh, green slime and stuff like that on, on the doors and stuff like that and whatever. And I'm like. I want to lick the door. And he's like, excuse me? And I'm like, hmm, yes. I want to see if there are any hallucinogenic properties to this. See if maybe I can get a new high. Hmm. And he's like, uh, okay, uh, roll for constitution. And then from there, like, oh my God. Jack Daniels, <laughs> he took off like something out of hell. <laughs> Very fitting for a tiefling bard. Well... Um, so, uh, last part of what we wanted to talk about is what we're looking forward to in this year. Um, Mm. games, whatever. Um, for me, uh, as far as games go, I want to see what the next Monster Hunter is, right? Talked a little bit about that. I want to see, because they're almost a yearly title at this point. Um, we don't know what's happening in 2020 with Monster Hunter. Aside mm-hmm. from more Iceborne stuff, supposedly, but I want to see the next game. Like, I, it's my big focus. I'm also mostly looking forward to Doom. Um, Doom Eternal is probably going to take up a lot of my time. Uh, I really like Doom. It's my third favorite of all series. Uh, I also want to see more information about Diablo 4. Uh, I know that that is not going to come out this year probably um i'd be very surprised if it is however we are going to learn more about it this year um and in fact uh here soonish uh maybe not this month like i had planned but maybe next month we are actually going to do another podcast uh, on the hunter sub specifically about diablo uh just because i'm excited about it and i want to talk about lore and and that kind of deep dive into diablo uh before we get that Diablo 4 coming out. So, yeah. Um, oh, more... boy. There's so, there are so many good games that are going to be coming out in 2020. We're so, going to finally get Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, uh, you know what? Um, I'm glad you mentioned that, right? Because oh, yeah? I'm super hyped for The Witcher right now after watching this show. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've seen this. It's a thing. Like, The Witcher has a resurgence as far as, like, the game sales and that kind of stuff. I have. I've seen it. The, the, the sales for it, I think, have been the highest in a long while the for Steam. The show was, like, fucking amazing. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. It was amazing. But, like, I really want to try to give Witcher 3 another shot. Because I, I did play it on PS4. I don't mm-hmm. have it anymore. I traded it in to get World, um, you know, back in the day. So... Um, I will be getting Witcher 3 again at some point, um, uh, but I already own 1 and 2 and never finished them on PC. Oh, you have, you have to play them in order, and then you uh, have to I get will the good be, ending. And I will be playing number 1, um, probably starting over again, uh, even though I started it, eh, sometime in October, um, 
So, like, I'm ready to jump on that train. Now, Cyberpunk is what the uh, CD Projekt Red is doing, who does the Witcher series and has exclusive rights to it, who also just renewed those rights. Mm-hmm. So, I'm excited to see what the new Witcher is. So, that's something that I that I was excited for that comes into it. You'll have to tell me about Cyberpunk, because... Yeah, I oh, am I not into that aesthetic at all. I do not care for future space, any sort of that genre. I never have, probably never will. So you will have that's, to tell me how cyberpunk. Oh, that's too does. bad. Oh, that's too bad because I really enjoy um, those kinds of games that have that sort of futuristic kind of feel. Like, um, uh, what was it? There was an old EA game. Uh, if for PC, it was. Uh, basically a space shooter. It was called Freelancer, where you were literally a bounty hunter just going around taking odd jobs, you know, um, mm-hmm. slowly building up your equipment, you know, getting new ships, new weapons, having to constantly repair things after battle or whatever, and then taking, you know, the next higher-up job, depending upon what you think you can tackle and what you can't. And, my God, that game was just fantastic. I think it was a 98 game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Ooh, but... Yeah, I know. It's super duper old. And I mean, like, Jack 2, I think, was probably one of my top favorites out of all the Jack and Daxter games. Even though it's probably one of the hardest, although they are all hard. Like, my god. Uh, Jack 2 is probably the one that I played the most, and, like, (laughs) I can't get enough of it. And, um... Now, I will defend myself a little bit here. I do like Doom, which is sort of future space stuff. But it's also about hell. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, so. it's like it's like few, it's like sci-fi and like hell fantasy kind of combined to make like this yeah. beautiful but creation of gore and glory. I am interested to see how Cyberpunk does. So I will probably just live vicariously through other people on that game. I just don't have an interest on it my, mm-hmm. myself personally. We're also getting The Last of Us Part Two, which um does yeah, actually look I very about promising. That. I forgot yeah. about that one too. Yeah, I mean, like uh, I've I've seen people like doing like uh, I think there are like there were like little teasers, like little playthroughs of like little snippets that you could play of um, part two without actually playing like the full game. I'm not sure if that was like actually the case. They had a demo, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, I think they did uh, have a demo. Um, but um, yeah, I I can't wait to see how that's going to turn out. Unfortunately, we don't get. You know, the old man. They got the... delayed. I know that. Yeah. I yeah, don't know the... when they got delayed, too. It's sometime this year, because it was supposed to be last year that was going to come out, right? Yeah. I mean, like, there's actually quite a good number of games that are coming out. Uh, there's been so much hype for Animal Crossing right now um, with oh, the new game yeah. coming out. I, like, oh, my God. Like, everybody's just going nuts over it. Everybody who's, like, crazy about the Switch, they're like, oh, my God, the new Animal Crossing. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my gosh. And like, yeah, I'm like, uh, I'm more hyped for Final Fantasy VII Remake, which also is going to be coming out this year. Sorry. I mean, Animal Crossing's great and all, but, um, I can't wait to see how they pull off Final Fantasy VII. Is it going to be turn-based or is it going to be like an, an odd combination of like, uh, the real-time, like real-time action fighter or like, Mm -hmm. what are they, where are they going to take this? Like, because if they, like, implemented, like, a good, like, cross between the two, th- that would be something else. Like, that would be just absolutely sick. I am slightly interested in that, uh, in Final Fantasy VII. I, 
I don't know. I don't know where to sit on that because like, I liked seven back in the day. Playing it again, nah, I don't. Um, we don't even get introduced, as far as like as as I know, we won't even be introduced to my favorite character, anyways, which is Nanaki or Red Thirteen. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we will hit end up seeing him. I don't think you see him in Midgar, right? Uh, I don't remember. All I remember is there was a very strange part where Aerith, uh, like, gets killed by Sethroth or, like, turns into a swan or you're like, wait, what's going on? I don't understand what's happening. Like, there's that, a lot of parts where the plot That is not going to happen in this game because it is... That is further out than the scope of this game. Because you, like... You do that at the end of disc one. That's the big finale of disc one is where Aerith dies. Yeah. Um, the ending they've said of, of Final Fantasy seven remake is when you escape Midgar. And oh. that, that is like a third through the disc one, like maybe a third or half or something like that. So there's oh, things holy. that like that happen in the game that are, nowhere near to being touched right now and that's why i'm confused because i don't think that you meet red 13 before you leave midgar now i know this isn't gonna be a multi-part game is it like is it gonna be yes it is oh yes it is this is like season one essentially (laughs) oh i'm so excited oh this is so you have like the opposite reaction that most people have with that news like what you're gonna do what (laughs) oh my gosh well no the the story the story isn't going to be the same. Also, obviously, it's going to be we're going to take more time in Midgar. But oh, yeah. there, there is still the still like I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to try to change it completely or whatnot. But if you base it loosely on what happened in the original Final Fantasy VII, which is three discs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Aerith's death is nowhere near where you're at, and no, I that could comes be mistaken. Later. Red 13 could show up um, before you leave Midgar. I don't really remember. I don't think he does. Um, And that's my favorite character. So that makes it even less interesting for me because my favorite character has always been the lion leopard dude, um, Nanaki, which is his real name. So I don't know. I don't know where I sit on this. My brother's excited. He's going to get it, and I may borrow it from him to play it when he's done. Like, I mean, you could also, like, always, like, hold back a little bit and then wait until they get, like, more complete version of it. Like, um... Oh, yeah. Like, in 2030? Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> when you yeah. get the full collector's pack, you get all seven discs. I don't know. I mean, like, Legend yeah, of Groot... Yeah, I'll be turning 42 that year. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, um... Well, there have been a lot of games out, like, from uh, the PlayStation era, like, the early PlayStation era, where... L- there were, like, multiple discs that were just absolutely sensational. Like, even Legend of Dragoon, like, oh, that game Is was amazing. Is that the amazing. one where you got to make up your combos? Oh, or pretty much, I yeah. I, um, one of them I well, actually enjoyed. You got to, It was a turn-taking, but you made up your combos. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, like specific attacks uh, required certain um, um, button combinations in order to be able to execute them correctly. That might have um, been so the one. So that would determine, like, how much damage you would do. Um, if you were doing it properly. Um, and, oh my god, I would love to see that as a remake. Legend of Dragoon? Oh, that too would be an amazing game to play. 
Uh, there's there are only two games which I which I look forward to being remade ever. One of them is a PlayStation One game. I will admit, um, and that is Bushido Blade. I oh, see, that game! I want to see a new Bushido Blade. That is like my number one, and the second is a Super Nintendo game by Enix before they were Square Enix, um, mm-hmm. which is um, EVO: The Search for Eden. Um, which oh. was kind of what we saw with Spore, but um, Evo was a lot more strange and had a weird story. But I would rather see something like that remade at this point. Like uh, we get so many JRPGs, new and old. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of the genre, although Senua's Sacrifice just blew me out of the water. Um, yeah. I don't know. There, there may have to be an episode where I talk about that story one day because, like, holy cow, it is so. A lot of people don't like the story because they they feel like uh, it was like not. It, they felt like it was gonna not be linear and it ended up being linear. Mm-hmm. But it's. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a bomb on everybody. It's that way on purpose, people, and that's what made it so amazing. It gave boom, you boom, the illusion boom. of choice, and oh it tricked my God. you because it was supposed to be. It was about destiny and fate, and about how much you don't get to choose what you are and what you do. And it was so amazing. Oh, sorry. oh my God! I love that it. is that is like the most. I just realized that there were like train tracks at the bottom of my sandbox moment right there. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways. I just unveiled the sand and was like, oh my god, there's a track here. And then that's when the narrator was like, damn straight. You know who's in charge here. And you're like, oh, narrator. Damn you. Damn you, was, third person it moment. It was me all along. You thought Con you no made deal, da. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, I really enjoyed that game. Because it, it gives you the exact same choice in the very beginning and the very end of the game. The exact same choice. It's so Yeah, good. oh my god. And, oh. Oh, I just... Uh, sorry. Um, anything else you're excited for? I would like to see Donkey Kong 64 come to the Switch. That That's all I'm hoping mm. for. I mean, like, really? I, I miss that game, oddly enough. And mm. I don't want to have to resort to emulators or having to go to, like... The local pawn shop to try and find a working N64 to play that game. I mean, I loved Majora's Mask on, like, the 3DS and Ocarina of Time on 3DS. I just want more N64 games coming back. And I know... (laughs) I know that that's probably not what you're excited to hear. But, damn it, I miss those days when you play as Chunky Kong with the coconut cannon. And you just interchange between all the different Kongs. And you'd collect all the different bananas. And you'd have to fight a specific boss, like choosing like a specific kong for the job like oh my god that, oh, it was such a it, fun game it sounds like i've been pain because i kind of am like i just like i you have to admit it was a fantastic game on the n64 it, it was but the, <laughs> here's the problem it's the worst of the collectathons. it is the most chore of a game to complete like it is just daunting because it's like every character all five of them have to get all of their bananas 
all of their balloons or wh- whatever you collect that is the actual like equivalent of a jiggy for banjo kazooie yeah um, yeah like so they have their big puzzle piece all of their bananas all of their coins all like all of their currency to buy stuff with like in order to get everything, it's like playing Mario 64 five times. And it's like, <laughs> and you have to switch in between them to unlock things for other people. So it's like playing Mario 64, like seven and a half times, like <laughs> simultaneously as one game. Yes. Yeah, I, know how you, I, I know how you feel. I know. And it was really cool at the time. I just, I want, I agree with you, but like a lot of me doesn't agree with you. And <laughs> I, don't I don't blame you. I don't know oh, what man. to feel right now. It just hurts. <laughs> 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 like I really oh, want man. to see what the next Donkey Kong game is. Like I love Tropical Freeze, but Tropical Freeze is so old right now. Yeah, and I mean, the, the classic format of a 2D platformer, you know, scrolling around, you know, with Donkey Kong and Diddy, like, the classic games like Country, I mean, that's great. I mean, that holds a special place in everybody's hearts, but I, I, I get miss where you're that coming 3D from. You want aspect. That, that old Banjo-Kazooie, that really good collect-a-thon, because... Yes. Let, news, banjo. news for you people, Ukulele wasn't going to cut it. It's fucking terrible. I hate it. Yep. Um, well, maybe Lucky's Tale. I've I've heard good things about Lucky's Tale. I don't know how much of a collectathon that is. Maybe it's just an adventure. I don't know. But uh, Lucky's Tale may be the band aid until we get whatever the next game in that genre is, or a remake of Donkey Kong sixty four. Yeah, the, you threw me on a loop for that one, Morg. Yeah, I know. I can't help myself. Like sometimes I'm just like. God, I've got like this horrible hankering. Like, it, like my sweet tooth is really aching for something. And it, yeah, it, it, I, it's I a retro what, game. Find find a demo of Lucky's Tale because it looks a lot like those games. Oh man, yeah. Oh, I th- I think I've heard of that game. And yes, I think I'm going to get. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna look for it as best I, I can. I'm so flustered right now. I had right more now. money because I would be buying a lot of games right now, like Lucky's Tale. I want to play through the Dark series. I never played through it at all. Oh, Dark two is the best one out of them all. Like it, it's. Oh, it's so good. Dark yeah, one like, is great, but I think Dark two is probably the best one. Like it's the most open world out of them all. It just, yeah, I just there's so much that I want to play that I just can't right now. But then again, there's things that I already have that I want to play, like Witcher One and Two, um, and then I also want to play through Senua's Sacrifice, which I do have, and I will eventually play. It just feels like that maybe takes some more involvement than I was ready for. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, <coughs> is there anything else you're looking forward to tonight, Morg, or? We're good to wrap it up. Oh, man. Oh, Oh, I had some honorable mentions, but they slipped my mind. I don't know. Maybe they'll come back in a a day or so. I don't know. I'll just wake up and be like, oh, my God, I I remember what it is. And I'll just be like pounding away on the keyboard and Discord and be like, okay, I remembered every game. Be like, I, okay, yep. Here we go. Uh, yes, a full paragraph of all the games that I wanted to play. Uh, but yeah. Um, okay. 
Uh, yeah, um, honestly, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have to put it off for another time because, yeah, I don't think we have time for honorable mentions. Uh, you know what? Maybe we will next week. Maybe I don't know what we're doing next week, but we'll be doing something. Uh, we're gonna have to, you know, we're gonna have to squeeze uh, the juice out of Haru. Uh, no, no dirty puns intended. To find out what his top three games are and his mm. honorable mentions. Yeah. Alrighty. Well. Thank you guys for listening tonight. Um, this is Fortwan. You can catch me at Hunters Hub Pod on Twitter. Uh, you'll probably see you're going to see a lot more ecologies come out. Um, I have committed to one every two weeks uh, at worst, and one every week at best. Uh, so the nymph ecology will be coming out this Monday. Uh, that you that maybe this will be about before Monday. It should be out before Monday. Um, and then uh the dryad came out two weeks ago from that and then a week before that was the griffin uh and then i'm gonna keep trucking uh my goal is to get at least 20 of these out this year so should work if i follow that schedule more so than 20 but who knows uh so if you're into D and you're like reading too much about monsters look into my ecologies um and i will see you guys on the next quest. And on that quest, where will you be, Morg? Oh, I'm probably going to be looking around on Twitter, seeing what other people are posting, and hopefully trying to post more of my own content. Um, just recently, I showed a, a bunch of footage of me fighting uh, Rajang using exhaust swacks, which was pretty fun. And then there's also been um, a couple of uh, bits of footage that I've also been posting on Twitter that's, you know, it's pretty good stuff. Mostly trying to be politically correct. Showing as many, you know, adorable pictures and videos as I can. Especially... Oh, did you guys know that chimpanzees are ticklish? Huh? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I did a... I had to give it a like and retweet because, oh my god, it was the most adorable thing watching a little baby chimpanzee getting tickled behind the ear. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. No I learned I learned something not that long ago about animals that I love. Nothing is a vegetarian. Very true, very true. White-tailed deer eat baby birds. Oh my god. I can't wait for the vegan community to hear this. (laughs) I I used to be vegan, and that's what makes me so proud of it. I was like, ha ha, I love the lifestyle, and it makes sense. (laughs) How do you like the taste of that, you filthy gatekeepers? Uh, Nothing against vegans, I just don't agree with you. It's very hard living off of peanut butter and beans, okay? I mean, I just have protein. That's easy. Uh, <laughs> uh.